You need to gargle or anything? <laughs> nope, I'm good. He used to gargle before shows. Ooh. To drink. Really? He'd have to, yeah, with like a He's really thick, thick gel. Like it had the yeah. thicker the better, just to get him going. Got him his voice on point. Just fucking hit uh. start, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was called liquid. It's a Patriots song. Well, they definitely do gargle better than you if you're comparing them to the Patriots. I hate you so much. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's the Fantasy Football Breakdown Podcast. This is episode 178. We got John Lobb himself coming back because we could not finish in one episode. I'm pretty sure that's Swag's fault bringing up Minshew, but we'll get there. Swags, what's up, dude? It, it might be. There was a couple things that, I mean, we were often on the rails. It was a roller coaster of a night. I listened back, and I feel like you kept steering us there back more. You tried to blame us when you put the show out, but uh, I listened back. That's kind of your fault. Hmm. <laughs> no? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> And you hear John back there laughing already. What's that, John? I would definitely say this. I was not bringing up Gardner Minshew discussion, so I know right. I didn't initiate it. I, I I don't. I feel like it, any guest that comes on any show I do, or if I go on another show, like they always bring it up, and then we end up having to talk about it. And <laughs> if I, I can find a way to poke the bear, I usually do that. So I do. <laughs> It doesn't follow me. It's just there. That's fair. But on that show, outside of the Minshew argument, that was great. We talked about some some deep dive stash, rookie stashes and running backs um, and some quarterbacks. So if you guys are listening for the first time, please oh. go back and check that one out. That was awesome. What do you want to say? Sorry, I sent ahead. you a trade. All right. We'll get to that if, in a minute. If, yeah. if John Lee, we're in like 18 leagues together. Like, um, in, you don't um, even know. Exactly. We'll get there. Goats, goats, and goats and bros. Okay, fair enough. We'll we'll look. Yep. We'll we'll discuss that later. Maybe we'll let John make that decision. I forgot to not interrupt I'm, you, and but I'm I wanted scared. to yeah, tell you about it. Yeah, you ruined that already. But so today, since we didn't have time the last time, we're going to do wide receivers and maybe tight ends. We've talked a little bit about it. We'll see. Uh, Swags, should we just well, get the tight John's ends out of the way? John's got a secret strategy. Okay, about let's, how we let's do that. And we can get tight ends, ends gone. Uh, I feel mean saying that, but John, John, you have a tight end strategy here. Um, sell me on yes. on maybe these tight ends this year, secret, and then what your strategy is going strategy. in. <laughs> um, so it won't be secret much longer because this is the third podcast I'm talking about this strategy on. Um, in dynasty leagues this year, I am not touching a tight end until the fourth or fifth round. Absolutely zero. So he's talking about your rookie drafts there, fourth or fifth round of your rookie drafts. Yes, sorry. So here's let me give you what happened in the NFL last year and kind of the absurdity. And I'm just as guilty as anyone because I had liked OJ Howard and and David Nojuku and others in the past. These are the top 10 tight ends with the round they were drafted in last year. Kelsey, third, Kittle, fifth. Waller, sixth. Ertz, two. Andrews, three. Hooper, three. Jared Cook, three. Higby, four. Hunter Henry, two. Dallas Garter, two. Then look at these busts. David Njoku, 29th overall. O.J. Howard, 19th overall. Hayden Hurst, 25th overall. Evan Ingram, 23rd. One good season. Otherwise, he's been injured. 
I am now officially a dumpster diver. I'm in general a dumpster diver, but now I'm even going deeper. As an example, last year, I was drafting late. Jay Sternberger mm-hmm. and Josh Oliver. I'm so happy to have Sternberger now. And right now, Oliver as well. It depends if you think Eifert will ever get on the field again, which I do not think he will. And then off the waiver wire last year in Dynasty Leagues, I picked up Ryan Griffin and Blake Jarwin and actually played those guys and scored points. I am never, ever, ever, ever again, ever touching a tight end before the fourth round in a Dynasty draft. It is just not worth it. The numbers are not there. Now, this year's class, what we have is a bunch of mediocrity. And if anyone t- can tell you with 100% clarity who's going to be the number one tight end in this group, you're a better man than I am. I have my feelings based on production model, film work, athletic ability. My production model, the combination says Adam Troutman is the number one guy. But he's coming out of the FCS level. I'm not Dang. spending I'm not spending a third, a second or third round pick on him. I think he's going to need three years to become an NFL player. What, Albert, if, what oh, if we were to compare that landing spot to, say, the Patriots? Uh, you know, without Tom Brady, I can't say it's that more valuable. <laughs> uh, I was just messing with you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I mean, I like him, but there's no way I'm drafting him before the fourth round. King Albert. Look at the athletic ability is off the charts. And I just saw Gil Brandt list him as like the 38th best player in the draft. Now that's a little bit, I'm like stunned. And I saw King Albert live at UConn when he was a freshman. He scored two touchdowns. Very impressive athlete. 6'5", 258. I love the athleticism. You can't tell me he's a no-brainer. And the fact he's in someone's top 40 is just mind-blowing. Hunter Bryant, like him. Undersized, Evan Ingram clone, Cole Komet. He's your classic inline two-way tight end. What is his upside as a pass catcher? And all I care about in fantasy is pass catching. So he's limited. Harrison Bryant coming out of a non-power five school, Florida Atlantic. He's going to need time to develop. I like the athleticism, the production. 6'5, 243. And Bryson Hopkins, 6'4", 245. His dad is the former Titans Oilers offensive lineman, Brad Hopkins. You tell me with clarity that one of these guys is worth a fourth, above a fourth-round pick in Dynasty, and you're going to tell me you know unequivocally which one's going to be a star in the NFL? I don't believe you. I mean, is there a landing spot that would move it up at all for you? And and I'm not asking for like the second round here, but maybe no, no. The third I mean, round so or give you some kind of con- confidence here. I'll I'll tell you where I'm. I have a couple teams I'd be excited for. New England, obviously. We do. I'm hoping they get Cam Newton. So let's just. But still, New England opportunity is available there. Cincinnati, but I got a feeling Cincinnati's going to go with the Cole Komet the two-way in-line blocking tight end. But I do like the opportunity if they got a pass catcher there. Washington, the Jordan Reed era is finally over. They have to have one. And Jacksonville, I just mentioned they got the often injured, can't get on the field, Tyler Eifert, and the unknown in Josh Oliver. Those are the only interesting spots to me. I've heard I've heard a lot or, or seen mocks where Cole Komet is the first tight end off the board. Uh, sometimes it's even in the first round, definitely by like mid second, I see him gone a lot. Um, 
this is one of those ones if you you know go back to what you're saying in the beginning there with tight ends being drafted it's almost like if you're in the first round you don't want to take this guy <laughs> he's not worth the money right cincinnati cincinnati seems like an interesting landing spot but you don't care uh, and i'm i wasn't a huge fan of drew sample last year but they did move up in the second round last year to get him are, are we just writing him off as a bust and we're putting another tight end there are they gonna run two tight end sets well, so I would never say a bust at any player after one season where we didn't get a lot of them. Now, I wasn't very high on Drew Sample, right. so I know there were a lot of people higher on him than I was. But if they're taking Cole Komet, they're going to have to yeah, take him, oh, I guess, at the top of the second, right? I mean, oof. Yeah, then, then, then he's gone. And, and the reason why I think Cole Komet fits there, he's a plug-and-play blocker, right? You mm -hmm. have Joe Mixon. You have a rookie quarterback. Help the line a little bit more. You do. You want right. You have a bad offensive line. You know what you do. You put Cole Komet on the field, and he helps you in a football way, much more than a fantasy way. I do think he's the perfect Bengals second round pick because he can play and block, and he helps you in a lot of other ways. They don't need with John Ross, Tyler Boyd, AJ Green healthy. You know Joe Mixon pass catching out of the backfield. They don't really need a pass catching tight end. But they've always so, used uh, what one. New England's at what like twenty three, right? Is it? Hey, yeah, no. I think that's it seems like right. a team that, that would right. pull it there, right? Yeah, who the Bengals? No, the Patriots. The Patriots, I think, are at like twenty three. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You say they need one, but they maybe they help out their rookie quarterback. You know, second uh, year quarterback. Be, they'd be nuts to take a tight end in the first round. Belichick's too smart. I can't imagine him doing that. That's but the Bengals—they're a little more crazy. Eight picks later. Ah, uh, yeah, and you know, <laughs> you have to help Burrow. Yeah, I hear you. You know, that's why. I, you know, he is an extra tackle. <laughs> right, fair. I, I do think you need that. I talk, We talked about tight ends longer than I thought. Are there any other guys you want to throw out there, John? Or are we ready to get into some wide receivers? The only guy who's interested in, I think he's going to be dependent on draft capital, is Thaddeus Moss. Okay. Look, he, Randy Moss's son. He, I've seen the athleticism. He's obviously not in his dad's class, but there is athleticism there. And if the NFL takes a fourth-round pick on him, then it says they like him. Now, if he's a sixth-round pick, eh, you know, he could be cut. If, could, if the NFL spends the draft capital, then I would look at him. Could we see him sliding just because um, of what we're seeing? You know, it's a virtual draft now. They're not getting these – all these medicals in. Did Thaddeus have a, a foot? Um, yeah, there's some surgery right after the the national playoff game or whatever. So yeah, there's there's definitely injury concerns with Thaddeus Moss. Yes, and maybe teams. So I've been trying to figure out how teams are assessing the medical. Um, I think some teams will look at these lack of final medical reports as an opportunity and other teams will look at the medical reports and say, you know what? I can't, yeah, I can't risk it. So I think it's going to be a team by team analysis. Some guys will say, Hey, look at man, this guy's slipping. I feel good on what we last heard and what history says about this mm -hmm. injury, right? Let's take them. Other teams will be like, you know what? We don't have our doctors look at them. I don't have a final checkup. We're not going there. So I think it's going to be all over the board. This tight end, uh, a position we usually don't look for rookies to come in and make an immediate impact. It seems to be one of the ones that takes the longest. Is that maybe a reason where we shouldn't be as concerned for Thaddeus Moss in the foot? Because you're probably not expecting something year one. 
maybe teams go ahead and take that gamble because if he doesn't produce in year one, does it really matter? You, you shouldn't have been expecting that anyways, right? Absolutely. I don't think Thaddeus Moss is ready for year one. I mean, I think most of these kids are going to take a minimum of two years, if not three years, to work their way onto the NFL field. The tight end position, you know, I've now come to the conclusion, other than the quarterback, it might be the most challenging position to assess and become skilled at it. In a one-quarterback rookie draft, how many quarterbacks are you drafting before tight ends? Uh, Oh, great question. Um, Definitely three. Definitely three, four. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take Jalen Hurts over him. And probably Jordan Love, so that would be five. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at least five. there, and I could go farther depending on some landing spots, especially yeah, if you tell me I'm going to have to wait a few years. Yeah, if, without landing if, spots, uh, probably. A Fromm yeah. or Mason land in a good spot, you know, where they're behind a vet, I might just hold on to that stab too. Yeah. Just so looking at this class as a whole, that's all. Probably yeah, yeah, five Fromm to six the, quarterbacks, easy. Yeah. Yeah, Fromm is the, the monkey wrench. If he ended up in New England, let's just take it to the absurd. Mm-hmm. Wow. He definitely gets up because I would, with McDaniel and Belichick tutoring, coaching, I would be okay with that. Um, and then what if he ended up in Pittsburgh? You know, Roethlisberger sure. doesn't have a lot of time left, right? So, And that's a good organization. I would bet on the Steelers as an organization. So maybe, but definitely five, maybe six, depending on landing spot. Sure. I mean, we're, we're, if we're talking so about, like, and I know this is kind of gross and taking a different direction, but if we're talking about spending a fourth-round rookie pick on a tight end, I w- I'd rather have Case Keenum than, <laughs> than a fourth. I'd give you a fourth-round rookie pick for Case Keenum just in a super flex league. So I'd take a lot of like the even cheaper rookie quarterbacks just in case you know if a injury happens and they're in the right situation because that's what you would need for Case. I mean, that- you're looking for that one one or two games where he has to play over holding a tight end for. Two years, three years, yeah, and hoping even everything if you goes change your way. It, yeah, even if you change that fourth-round pick when Case becomes a starter for a week or or said rookie quarterback into a second-round pick. To drink, I know you're heavy advocate that like a starting quarterback is worth a first, but I mean, if you can get that, what you're spending a fourth sure. now and change it into yeah, a yeah. second or in that case a first, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a great flip up. I like that investment yeah, in I- my startup drafts right now. I could see that because this tight end class, it's very hard. I mean, it, it, I would like in the fifth round to grab one of those six guys I've discussed. Like, yeah. I have I have no problem. And I honestly, I would like Troutman the most. But if you said I end up with Hunter Bryant, I'm okay with that. Like, sure. like you know, I'm not really banging my fist on the table for any one guy. Yeah, the more the more we talk, I feel like we end up with a lot of Drew Sample and Josh Oliver's in this class, and we're yeah. writing them off next year. So yeah. the next but class and so I on feel that like comes in. You guys keep saying Oliver, and I know it's a common thought, but no James O'Shaughnessy love at all. Like, no. That, well, that's but I'm talking about a second year tight end that we're getting ready to write off. Yeah, like we don't care about it anymore. Shaughnessy's been in a couple of years, right? And yeah, you know, I don't like care about four or five years in the NFL or something. Yeah, he's bounced around all kind of teams. But he, yeah, he kind of showed up son, a little right? bit. Or grandson? Something like that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think he is. I don't. Don't know look that, that up. I feel like that's right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> don't right. look it up. Just let it yeah, roll. don't look yeah. that up. That's correct. Just ride just with it. Ride that <laughs> out. Ride with it, everybody. 
I mean, maybe don't bar bet that with somebody because they'll look it up, but just for, for us listening. That's he true. knows because that was going to be one of our fantasy football breakdown two-minute I feel like it was like three years ago nah, when he came nah. into the league. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to some wide receivers here. Um, my first one on the list, bit of a homer pick, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on Van Jefferson. Again, we're talking about deeper, deeper dive wide receivers here. We might get a couple of bigger names in here depending on where this conversation goes, but how do you feel about Van? I'm huge Van. Wait, Van or Justin? Van Jefferson. Oh, Van. Okay. Yeah, I can't give um, you the easy ones. Justin's easy. Oh, that's why I, I was so excited because I love Justin <laughs> Jefferson. So he's um, cool. yeah. Look, so um, I like Van Jefferson, but the problem is he's in that what I call category between 16 and 24. Landing spot is going to mean everything. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of the quarterback. Will they take advantage of Van Jefferson's skill set? Look at he's got the size. He's a good route runner. He's been he underperformed at Florida. And I'm also old enough to remember his dad, Sean Jefferson. I drafted him in fantasy football in the mm-hmm. early 90s. So I, I remember his dad a lot playing with the Chargers, went to the Super Bowl in that game. They got bludgeoned by the 49ers and Steve Young and Jerry Rice. Um I've been underwhelmed with Van Jefferson um, at Florida. But, uh, so I don't like the production model. Don't really love the film. There are moments of excellence where you can see the high end up athletic ability there. I have my doubts, but if you told me he landed with, um, let's just say, Aaron Rodgers, they took a flyer on him in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. I would have interest in him. Um, <clears throat> so he's going to be very landing spot dependent. Not in love with him, not a guy I'm targeting, but there is value in the right spot. I like Van a lot. Obviously, I'm I'm a Gator. I'm a, that's a homer pick. Uh, he yeah, came I in. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, he's I also him last he, year a lot. Yeah, he's come through. Well, three even last year, he he really went through two completely different offenses. I know the one was yes. early. Uh, you know when before Felipe got hurt, but they learned a whole different offense, and then Trask came in, and it was completely different. Yes, totally um, different quarterback. So I, I think maybe that's why we got an underwhelming uh, this last year out of him. But again, that's coming from the Homer side and, and maybe watching those games a little more closer than the other ones. Yeah. Um, I'd like to stay in the SEC and go to yeah. the SEC's leading rusher uh, for last year, even though we're talking about a wide receiver. And this is a guy I'm very intrigued in. I think all wide receivers are going to be landing spot dependent, maybe more so than most other positions here, but how do you feel about Mr. Lynn Bowden? Hey, man, now you're talking, brother. Now you're on Team Lob here. I like Lynn Bowden. He's my number 12 wide receiver in this draft, man. You know, look, he's 5'11", 204 pounds. On film, he is a dynamic playmaker. Playmaker Looks like an uber athlete. He is quick twitch. He's just tremendous. I wish we could have seen him at a pro day. But I still think the athletic ability is there. Now, what I'm most impressed with this young man, Kentucky had serious problems at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. They asked this young man who projects as a wide receiver in the NFL. He is not a quarterback. They asked this young man to play wildcat quarterback about week four or five mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, of the season. He almost – did he lead it or was he second in the SEC in rushing? I think he led it. 
Yeah, he might, you're right. I mean, the stat is out of control. I mean, for him to do that, to be that good of a runner out of the wildcat position for a young man who played wide receiver is phenomenal. Then you go back. Watch the film in 2018. He is good. Now, he led the team in receptions with 67, receiving yards with 745, and five touchdown catches. What's more amazing, that year, he had an 84% catch rate for the Wildcats. I think he's a, a, a draft and start slot receiver. Definitely will get on the field in four receiver sets immediately. I don't know if he has the upside of like the 80-catch, 1,200-yard receiver, but I could easily see 70 catches for 950 yards and six or seven touchdowns with maybe he could get 120 yards rushing. I really like this young man. I think he's a tremendous football player. I can't wait to see who dips their toes into Lynn Bowden because I think he could be a very productive dynasty asset. More productive in Tampa or San Francisco? Those two coaches, Tampa. those two situations get him. Tampa. Bruce Arians, I, I have more confidence in that Bruce Arians would use him in a dynamic manner. And, and get fact, enough touches. Yes. And the fact that they have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin would pretty much leave this young man in such ideal mismatch situations with the creative coach. And I have not seen Shanahan be that dynamic from a fantasy aspect, just fantasy. Look at his run game is stupendous. I love his blocking. I love the way he runs his offense. But the production isn't really out of the receiver position. The only time mm -hmm. we can really say it is when he had Julio and Julio's special, right? And it's not right. like they had – it's not like he had th two or three good receivers – in Atlanta getting lots of yards. So I would be more comfortable that Arians could find 40 touches for this young man in the passing game. Gotcha. I like seeing it like just 49ers is interesting because even, even Debo utilized on jet sweeps and stuff like that is like, you just seeing all those guys on the field and knowing any of them can do that. You, you say true slot. It's, I hate to always come to it, but it always feels like it does. Is this the, the Edelman replacement for the future? Seems like a Patriots kind of guy that's, you know, that they draft that's very versatile and they can do a lot if they ask him to. Yes. Um, you could line him up in the backfield. You could put him at the H back. You could right. play him in the slot. You could probably motion him into the Z. The only thing I don't think he can do is the X. I mean, obviously you could scheme a little, but he's not, he's no way an X receiver. Does that make ho sense? Hopefully this, yeah, hopefully this is a, a dumb question, but this isn't. No. This isn't the, the the Taysom Hill kind of gadget player that we're looking for at the next level. We're, oh, we're not going to see him throwing passes. He's not, no, he's he's not a Muhammad. Oh, he's so bad at throwing passes. Right. Thank you. <laughs> he's awful. Um, you I, know, I just think people see like he played quarterback for Kentucky for eight. And they're like, oh, he could probably throw. He cannot. Like, he I just can't. Make sure we're on the same, same page. That's all. <laughs> No, I think he threw like 33 passes and eight starts or something. Like the number is sickly bad. Right. <laughs> but he ran the heck out of the ball. <laughs> Which is still more than Taysom Hill in his career, but that's another story. Um, yeah. All right, let's go. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. I think I said that right. It seems like a guy that is getting a lot more love with like real NFL 
which is very different than fantasy Twitter, you know, for, for fantasy football. How do you feel about Brandon Ayuk? And do you see that separation in those two groups? Yeah, I understand. So I'm old. I'm in my 50s, and I've been watching football for over 40 years and been watching the draft for about 39. So I understand that there is definitely a difference between what the NFL team and scouting departments are looking for and how NFL draft Twitter and us diehards look at players. I get what an NFL team would see on Brandon Ayuk as an asset in multiple positions in the formation. I think he can play the X, the Z, and you could definitely play him in the slot. He's also a kick returner, plug-and-play special teams guy. I see the explosion. I mean, his ability with the ball on quick screens and to navigate the secondary, find the open space, and take off for the touchdown is so appealing to NFL coaches because a coach would love to have this man as their third or second receiver and get maybe two 60-yard touchdowns his rookie season in the league. And he definitely provides and challenges the defense vertically. So I get it. Now, when you look at breakout age, production model, only two seasons at the um, FBS level, because he played JUCO transfer. He was a JUCO transfer before he went to Arizona State. He sat behind Nikhil Harry for a season. So I have him at number eight. I have a second-round grade on him. I can see, though, if you tell me Green Bay is going to take him at number 30, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised. I don't yeah. have that grade on him, but I understand why Green Bay would do that. Uh, does he fit, like – Arizona, the top of the second. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of talk about them getting like Ceedee Lamb the first, and I think we've all kind of moved past that. But do you, yeah, do you think they address wide receiver again? And is he got he the kind of guy that would work there? I know there's a lot lot of bodies there now, but so the the question to me, so the first question I would ask, what does Arizona think of last year's rookie crop? So sure. obviously, if we go by snaps and touches and what they did on the field, that's a not much, but. They, they invested three rounds of draft capital, including a second round, I believe, in the wide receiver position. Then they go out and they acquired DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so the idea, I mean, with Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, and three draft picks last year, and I think he even had some undrafted free agents. There were mm-hmm. other guys on that roster. I would be stunned Third, if yeah. Arizona invested more draft capital into the wide receiver position. That's fair. I believe Isabella was the second-round pick that they yep. got for Rosen late in the yes. second. So Yep. And then they got uh, um, Akeem Butler, I think, in the fifth or sixth, right? I think and Keyshawn Johnson, I think, sixth, seventh. Keyshawn and I think, Johnson, yeah. Fresno State. I think there was a bird. Was it Darius Bird came in they undrafted, did. maybe? Yeah, and he played a little bit. I think he had some catches. Yeah, game. towards the end, for sure. Well, yeah. Isabella didn't see the field, but like twice. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I I would love if I could be a little birdie and get an honest answer. I would love to know what the Cardinals really think of Andy Isabella. I'm not surprised the young man coming out of UMass, playing in that complex system in Arizona at the NFL level, had a difficult rookie year. I am not surprised. But I want to know what the team really thinks of him. But, but even towards know. the end of the season, you know, when he was quote unquote healthy, 
yeah. even on the what the one one target one catch he had was like an 80 yard bomb like we yes. saw his speed so maybe with hopkins on the other side maybe that's what they're looking for now send isabella yeah. on nine routes all day long because that's what he's good at <laughs> yeah and i mean it's, he's always going to have a positive mismatch i would a positive matchup sure. because i mean you got deandre what well, think about it you can go four receiver set with um Kenyon drake in the backfield and then you would have hopkins Fitz, Kirk, and then you have Isabella. I mean, what's he yeah. against your fourth, fifth cornerback? I mean, that looks Butler like when you get into the red zone, throw it up to him. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a matchup, a, a nightmare for the opponent team. I guess, I guess we'll see with Arizona's draft how they feel about that pretty early on. So, yes, if, if they draft a receiver in the first three rounds, that tells me they're not enthralled with Andy Isabella. But that, right. it's crazy. I'm with you. I'm gonna get. Maybe a little gross here, but oh, no. KJ Hill, Ohio State. Am I am I grasping at straws for the next Ohio State wide receiver here? Or is there something there? I don't think there's anything with KJ Hill. I Come really on. don't. No, I think what happened is we know over the last couple of years, um, Ohio State's been very good at producing these wide receivers, and everyone saw. I call it the um, the uh, um, Terry McLaren McLaren corollary. Everyone wants there to be another. That rolls off the tongue, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Right? They want, everyone wants that. So, oh, another underutilized asset. Look at the Buckeyes. They're loaded. KJ Hill ain't Terry McLaren. He's not even close. He's not Paris Campbell. I I, I mean, he's an undrafted free agent in my book right now. I think I have him at 25 or 26 at wide receiver. Fair enough. I'm going to go. Nope, that's all right. That's that's why you're here, John. I you know your shit, and I I want to get more opinions on certain guys here. So, let's go to Oregon State's Isaiah Hodges. Hodgins. So I was extremely high on him at the end of the season. Um, when I went to study more tape, I liked it. Not I'm not in love with it. I know there are some people who absolutely love Isaiah Hodgins. I like him. I think my rankings have him at like number twenty one right now. I, I have a sixth-round grade on him. I'm Now, if he goes in the fourth round, then, I'm gonna, then that means a team is confident in him. To me, he's going to come down. He's in that group. Like Once I get past the top 16, to me, it's going to be dependent on draft capital that any player from 17 to 24, if an organization pops them in the fourth round, then that tells me that the organization believes a little bit more in the player. So it opens my eyes because I could have missed something. Um, So I like Hodgkins at Oregon State. I like the size. He's got good hands. But, you know, I I think he would have benefited by staying another year on campus. Totally. I understand I would never tell a young man not to go and make a living. So I get that. But he's going to be dependent on draft capital. Is fourth round, is that kind of your line there? Yeah, like if he goes in the fourth round, I would push him up. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yep. No, I gotcha. Uh, I, ha- I have one more here, um, and then we'll see if you got anybody else hiding. Is uh, Duvernay out of Texas? Seemed like uh, we've. David De- Duvernay? Did I not say that right? Yeah, but I like. Ooh, you got some guy I just liked a lot now. Oh, okay, good. Because I feel like. People have been hot and cold on him, like even before this year and then coming into this year. Uh, I, I like to hear that you like him, so spill it on him. 
So he's my number 14 wide receiver right now. Yeah, so, that's, that's a lot higher I, than I see most. Yeah, I have a third to fourth round grade. I mean, I think he should go in the third round. But I think teams, you know, would not be surprised to me if he goes in the fourth round. So first of all, you got to kind of put it into context. He played at Texas. And Texas last year had little Jordan Humphrey at the H position. Now, if you understand Tom Herman's offense, and I've been watching Tom Herman um, since he was at Houston and read about him beforehand, but Tom Herman's offense funnels, funnels the entire passing game through the H position. It was little Jordan Humphrey two years ago, and this year Devin DuVernay got elevated to the H position. Now, the biggest mistake I made early in the season Texas also had a kid named Colin Johnson, who's like 6'4", 228 pounds or 230. Just a massive human being with high-level recruiting rankings behind him. I thought Kevin Johnson would make a jump up and possibly play in the H position. He did not. Johnson's one of those guys who, unfortunately, never hit his ceiling in college. It's kind of dropped off the radar of the NFL draft prospects. I get to that because DuVernay didn't get a lot of opportunity early in his career because surprisingly, Oak Texas has better receivers than you would think. Now, he's 5'10", 200 pounds. He was an all-track member in high school. He was a 100-meter Texas state champion. In the 40, he ran a 4'39 at 200 pounds. He looks like a running back at 5'10". He is a Julian Edelman clone. And here's one of the things I love about him. 82% catch rate this year. 82. That is phenomenal. And I like Sam Ellinger, but he is not that accurate. Everything that DuVernay could get his hands on, he corralled. I like this young man a ton. If he's third-round draft capital, he probably ends up in my top 12. Oof. All right. Yeah, I, I really do like him. I like that one. That's a little little star by that one for me. I had one other guy on here. I'm not going to list him. I'm going to throw you for a loop for a quick second here. And okay. um, a guy that I like a lot, and I feel like I am liking more than than a large group out there. Uh, I probably should have waited to say that in case you don't like him. But LaVisca oh. Chenault, what are, what are your thoughts there? I feel like I'm going to end up with a lot of him. <laughs> so to me, he's all price relative. I love him after the top 18 picks in Dynasty. I'm not going to reach for him. Here's why. Look at this injury report. It's really kind of disturbing. Turf toe injury, missed three games. Required surgery on his left shoulder labrum last February. Up. Then he was diagnosed with the inflammation of a pubic bone. I don't even know what a pubic bone is. (laughs) Then, Then he needed surgery to repair his core muscle injury. My wife would like my core muscle to be, you know, (laughs) surgically repaired. What the hell? This kid is 21. He's got a laundry list of injuries here. So I can't discount these nagging injuries in my profile analysis. He has never played 12 games in a season healthy yet. I have him at number nine on my wide receiver board. I can't reach for him. Other people are taking him, in my opinion, far too early. But I see the incredible upside. 
I get it. You watch his 2008 tape, 18 tape at Colorado. He is simply spectacular. I feel like that's a little mixed bag there, but we're. That's why I'm, you know, I like, but people are getting him at like number 10 and, and 11. Ooh. I'm not. Yeah, I can't uh, do it. In a couple of mocks I've done, I find him definitely at the end of the second and even like at the start of the third, which is stupid. So. Oh, I'm, yes. Then, I'm more than comfortable paying an early second. That might be a little earlier than you want to do. Uh, definitely mid-second if I can get him. I might own even more. Yeah, look, I like the value. If you tell me I get him with the 10th pick of the second round, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. But, I, I mean, maybe it's just – look, there's so many different mock drafts. I, I should sure. look what the ADP is on him. I haven't even looked. Um, but I've seen him mostly going between the 10 and 14 picks. All right, so – uh, first, second round, uh, that's up to you where you want to classify them going. But two teams that we've at least talked about needing a wide receiver, uh, Philly takes him and Green Bay takes him. Where do you like him more? Where does, hey, where does he have one? more value? Which player? Uh, LaVisca. Oh, um, Green Bay or Philly? Um, I would have to say Philly. I think they're a little bit more creative with their offensive packages. That's fair. And maybe I think he can you, be the guy. I don't know. I think you need to find spots for him. Like you need and you need to create opportunities. Especially yeah, I, early. I like watching him because he is huge in the way that he runs after the ball. I feel like as soon as he gets the ball, he turns into a running back and then just can can juke people, doesn't mind bringing a couple guys with him. No, he's great at that, but you have to give him the ball in his hands. Yeah, no, that's fair. You know, so I I, I worry that Green Bay would throw him opposite. The, um, Devontae Adams and just say go run the nine route or go run the three route. I, gotcha. I, I, don't, I think you have to do more. You have to put him in motion. You have to put him in the backfield. You got to give him quick screens. Maybe give him a jet sweep here and there. That's how I think you need to use him. I like it. Swags, you're still there, right? I uh, hope he's still I, there. I am. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't, sure, I wasn't sure if you guys remembered, but... <laughs> Do you have anybody you want to throw out, or can we get to the question madness with John? Uh yeah, let's let's do it. Question madness, otherwise known as the two minute breakdown. John, <laughs> just because you come on two times in a row doesn't mean you don't get it. So I will ask you the first question, then you'll hear the music, and then you can answer. Everybody ready? Yes, sir. Remember, John, you do have a pass. We'll come back to it. So quick, quick. Oh, okay. All right. What is the first music you purchased, or the first mu- music you purchased was on vinyl, a track, cassette, or CD, and who was it of? Timer. And now to your two-minute breakdown. Vinyl, Kiss Alive one. That's perfect. Which is true about being mentioned during country music songs? Does one in seven say "Mama"? Is one in five to alcohol, or one in three about tears? Oh, one in five to alcohol, I think. They are They're they are all, all true. true, by the way. <laughs> what, is, what is the favorite food that you cook? I love French toast. That's hard to mess that up. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl go to the bathroom? Because they're dead? Because the P is silent. <laughs> I want you to rank tight ends for me. Ingram, Hawkinson, and Fant. Fant. Oh, Ingram, Hawkinson. <laughs> <laughs> How many legs does an octopus have? Eight. False. It only has two legs, six arms. Uh-huh. Um, why did the can crusher quit its job? <laughs> Pass. 
pass. <laughs> Super <laughs> flex ones. <laughs> Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Trevor Lawrence. Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. Ooh. What is the least spoken language in the world? Uh, is it French? Sign language. Uh, Josh, <laughs> Josh Gordon was drafted in what round by the Cleveland Browns? He was late. Fourth round? Uh, the second round of the supplemental draft. You were close. Oh. Something you want to achieve during quarantine. Oh, um, read more books. You read a lot of books. I see your timeline. Uh, coming back to the one you passed on, because it's the last one. What did the can crusher, why did the can crusher quit his job? I'll no give it to cans. you if you can get it right. There were no cans? I don't know. It was so depressing. Ah! <laughs> That's a good one. That's pretty funny. Brought to you by Hubble Bubble. Is awesome. that the one that does it? I was just kidding. Snapple facts? That's probably not it either. It's good old dad jokes. There's Laffy Taffy. <laughs> it wasn't Laffy Taffy. Laffy Taffy. That's the one I was looking for. It was a, it was a great joke until I had to explain it with the three wrong things that it was. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the next John, trivia question for two drink will be where do these questions come from? Where do these come from? <laughs> Hubba Bubba? And I'll still get it wrong. <laughs> Laffy Taffy? Laffy Taffy. <laughs> a cow's ass. John, I love having you on. You definitely know your stuff. You bring a little different uh, flair, I would say to it and, uh, and i just love having you on i always enjoy it so please give everybody uh, let everybody know where they can find all your amazing work go follow this dude yeah get absolutely. smarter thanks a ton john oh thank you gentlemen i love your show man at any time it's always my pleasure you can find all my written profiles they're up on footballdiehards.com. it's the seventh season that they've been posted go check them out it's a great site and they're all free throughout the off season and then I just started a new endeavor this year with DynastyDraftRoom.com. Um, my partner, Matt Elliott, and I do what we call the Draft Seminar Series. And we have 33 profiles up on YouTube and DynastyDraftRoom.com. They're free, and each one's about 9 to 10 minutes long, and we break down the prospects for you. Nice. Awesome. At Gridiron School 91. He doesn't have enough money for the AR at the end. That's <laughs> Boom, got it. He's at DFF underscore swag. I'm at FL2 Drink Minimum. Find the show at FF underscore breakdown. John, I'm gonna throw it to running back real quick. We didn't get to you last time, and I'm a homer. So what can you tell me about Michael Pirine? Um, so I think he's a fifth or sixth round pick. I think he's a bench running back. He has some potential because he can pass catches and pass blocks. So he's a three down back. But he just isn't special. I feel like they decided to showcase him in the bowl game to see if he could do something in the draft. And he blew up in the bowl game. I would have liked yeah. to see that throughout the season. Maybe we wouldn't have to talk about him at the end of the wide receiver show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's what we did. We're doing the silent thing. Yeah, I didn't know we should be talking. <laughs> oh, you can talk. I don't I don't know what the protocol is. It's free talk. Free there's talk at the there's end of no protocol, football. John. Yeah. It's uh, like, you if know, you learn anything from our show, no okay. Just pillow you talking. Know, I will say one thing. I'm, I'm very bullish on Florida this year, and it makes me nervous because other people are too. But I do like the Gators this year. This year, he it's, says. Well, it's well, nice that we have Trask and the head coach. You know, a lot of pieces yes. coming back. We, we lost some wide receivers, but the pieces that we need to be in place, the O-line and quarterback are there. 
Yeah, and you know, you got the transfer Lingard, the running back from Miami. He he was like yep. a top five running back coming out of high school. 